Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I am Sean. I'm Sasha. All right. Today's episode, I'm excited. Uh, I've been waiting a week to uh, to tell you my hilarious story that shouldn't be hilarious, but I'm really excited to hear Sasha just like rant her entry through her you know, teeth. I think I kind of settled the rage down and now I have like three other books about the Northwest Passage on their way to me. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, computer. <laughs> um, it was like, I too enjoy the Northwest yeah, Passage. Yeah, so, and I, you know, I finished the research. I still have uh, a little under half of the book that I was reading about the Northwest Passage uh, left to read and I'm going to finish it because... You did say it was interesting outside of... Yeah, outside of fucking Northwest Passage. How, how many pages are your notes? Not that bad. I got two, like three pages. You narrowed that down. I was expecting like 19 pages. See, Admittedly, I was expecting like just line after line of fuck the Northwest <laughs> Passage. Like, see, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I know that you type your notes now, but I handwrite my notes... And after a certain point, my hand is just like, fuck you, bitch. I don't want to <laughs> write anymore. And my brain is like, oh, we can't do this anymore. And then I just kind of go on. Anyway. Yeah, no, so wait. I have a story for this, though. Okay. Oh, well, I it's not a see, story. I, I have a reasoning. I, 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 ooh, I almost committed a, an accidental yeah. sin. I almost pulled the bottle out of the bag. Let me. You're I've, allowed I'm to not, have, like, big reveals and shit. It's just. I it's, know that. It's a twist off. You okay. don't have to worry about okay, it. Okay, then. Just okay. got to make sure we don't got to do anything fancy. So, here. uh. We're talking about naval whoopsies, so really... That, that is that is the actual title of both of our notes, I think. Uh, naval whoopsies. So, really, though... It's supposed to be a placeholder What title. I'm talking about is a naval dumbass. Yeah, this was, this was kind of a free-for-all. I wanted to do my subject today, yeah. and I was like, we can call it whatever. Yeah. And yours is kind of like... Naval incompetence in mind is like a totally different kind of naval incompetence. Yeah. So I decided to get a liquor named after somebody who is the exact opposite of that. Oh, no. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> we have Admiral Nelson spiced rum. I should have done this when I talked about Admiral Nelson. I know. Nelson. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't need to do that then. Oh. But we did not have a Lee's discount liquor then. Thank and, you again, we Lee's were, discount liquor. And we were still kind of convinced that the only thing we could ever do uh was, was whiskey, whiskey yeah, yeah but we, we hadn't we have so branched yet. out but there's an awesome picture of admiral nelson on there and also there is a description on the back for sean to read how many arms does he have only one and an eye patch, an eye patch. he looks like a badass motherfucker so, so i feel like it's half accurate and um, so we're drinking this sans ice like the sailors would have I am the... I mean, actually, though, my sailors would have had ice. I can't remember the song. I am the something of ice. the Queen's Navy. I mean, they had plenty of ice on the boat I'm talking about, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think they wanted a nice cold drink. Look where they were going. Uh -huh. So, actually, keep going. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be filler. That's awesome. Well, I was pulling away from the microphone to pour. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so this is Admiral Nelson's premium spiced rum. They didn't have the cherry version in the small bottle. And like, <laughs> hell, I'm going to get a plastic jug of cherry spiced rum. Let's see. Admiral Nelson's registered uh, premium spiced rum inspired by Horatio Nelson 
Admiral of the greatest armada ever to sail the high seas. Not accurate. A gold rum <laughs> with a smooth, bold taste, carefully blended with savory spices. Admiral Nelson's premium spiced rum mixes perfectly in any rum cocktail or tropical drink. Bring out your adventurous spirit with Admiral Nelson's premium spiced rum. Yay. I like that they didn't say drink it straight, so we fucked ourselves. There was other rum I wanted to get, but... That was way cheaper. So I went with the <laughs> I, cheaper one. I love that uh, Admiral Nelson's Rum Company is totally not a British company. This is made in Bardstown, Kentucky. Yeehaw. <laughs> All right. It All right. smells like alcohol. It um, smells like rum. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of rum. Yo ho ho. Bottle of rum. Uh-huh. Um. That's rum, all right. Yeah, sure is. Actually, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not. I'm just not. I mean, compared to Blandsville we had last episode, I feel like it's. Sorry. It tastes like something. Sorry. Yeah, there's flavor. There's definitely flavor. Uh-huh. But I've never been much of a, a rum guy. It is sweeter. It is. Yeah. It is. You definitely pick up the sweet. Yeah. But it, it's it's tasty. Good job on the, the Caribbean uh, rum named after a British guy, people in Kentucky. <laughs> Good job, Kentuckian, Kentuckians. All right. Um. So am I going to start? I guess I could start. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's our format. Don't you know? Yeah, I know that. Okay, so this is uh, the title of my notes. The Northwest Fucking Passage. <laughs> or John Franklin is the worst. <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know. I'm excited to hear the rant. Much about geography. Or geography. <laughs> we we don't either. I was I was uh, harshly rebuked on Twitter a few weeks ago for inaccurately saying that uh, Georgia is not uh, a state. No 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 no. <laughs> for saying that Georgia is not not coastal. It is uh, coastal. It is. Fuck you. It is. Yeah. I, I know my shit. I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Because you know what? Sixth grade geography bowl champ. I have a medal. Um, <laughs> Seventh grade spelling bowl champ. I have a trophy. Actually, I have two trophies. Shut up. (laughs) So anyway, those of you who don't know geography, Canada um, is at the is our hat. America's hat. um, And like somebody being torn apart by Thanos, it. I mean, not Thanos, but being snapped out of existence by Thanos, it kind of just <laughs> deteriorates towards the top. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of islands and archipelagos and where Where does the actual like Canadian border end up there? At what point does Canada end and Russia begin? It really never ends. Like it's always it's Canada and then there's the Arctic Sea. But yeah, it's like. It's like bloop, 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 island, 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 <laughs> island, Greenland. Um, so <laughs> totally not the same thing. <laughs> anyway, so what in the 1600s? Since the 1600s, people in Europe were like, "Fuck this shit," going all the way around to the Bering Strait or wherever these motherfuckers go to get to the other side of the country, the world. <laughs> The rant is strong with you already. <laughs> um, ben was like, don't yell too much in this episode. I'm like, shut up. The Northwest <laughs> Passage is stupid. Um, they wanted to find an alternative route. So they felt that going up north around Greenland and in the little Canada islandy area was going to be the way to go. Yeah. 
Um, and so since the 1600s, they were trying to find a route that way. Um, there are a bunch of other expeditions that have tried and failed. There are some that semi-succeeded in mapping part of that coastline. Um, notably, even though they're not in my notes, but I'm still going to talk about them because it's it's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> Hudson, the Hudson Bay Hudson. Yep. Um, he went out on an expedition with one of his sons and a crew, the crew mutinied. Yep. Told Hudson and his son to get the fuck off the boat <laughs> and on a little dinghy, and they were never seen again. But they got a river named after him. So. Yeah, so that's cool. And a bay. Oh, yeah, and, and a bay. Yeah, so that's something. And a bay company. Yeah. What came first, chicken or the egg, guys? Uh, not really. Probably the bay first. So. Uh, he came first. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Rude of him to Mrs. Hudson. Okay. <laughs> so. That's why it was never seen again. <laughs> basically, from the 1600s to when this period I'm talking about, they were kind of trying, not trying too hard, because they were also at war with France and everybody. And by they, I mean the British. So they weren't trying that hard, but they were trying to find the Northwest Passage. Yeah. So was Russia. Um for reasons <laughs> and so you know everybody nobody wants russia to have nice things it was probably global <laughs> trade right yeah yeah everybody yeah. wanted a nice global trade route um so may 23rd 1819 a portly portly and fat john franklin uh leaves london in search of the northwest passage basically it's a tandem expedition with another group uh perry parry p-a-r-r-y and he's going one way, Franklin's going the other, um, and Franklin was going to be mainly overland, even though he's part of the Navy. He is an admiral, or whatever the fuck title he was in 1819. <laughs> um, and so they were supposed to just map the Arctic coastline in Canada. Um, so he was basically going from east to west and just over the Arctic tundra. Um, he was told he could rely on the fur trading companies within Canada to help him with supplies and gathering men. However, <laughs> Franklin didn't know this at the time, nor I feel like most of the people in Europe didn't know this. The fur trading companies were kind of fighting. Uh, they fought a lot. Yeah, they, they fought a lot. So when Franklin showed up, they're like, yeah, so here's the deal. We don't give a fuck about you. We said we would. <laughs> But, like, we'll give you the bare minimum and then just, like, leave us alone. We have our own shit. And also, Franklin, so the term pompous asshole gets <laughs> thrown around a lot these days. I almost feel like I need to just shut you down <laughs> because this is going to get out of hand. You're gonna, you, your notes are three and a half pages. You're going you're gonna to speak 19. <laughs> but Franklin was a pompous asshole because a lot of the Navy men of the time had sun never sets British Empire. We are awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. British. Go, 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 go. And like, you know, they're not the Patriots. Come on. <laughs> I mean, they felt they were. Um, So everybody kind of hated that attitude in Canada because they're like, no, bro, you just showed up. You don't know how fucking cold it is up here and how hard it is to live. <laughs> but whatever. Cool. Here are some men. Um, and even like the head of the, the fur train company was like, this dude is so fat. 
How do you maintain that much fat <laughs> yeah. on a three-month sailing trip? Yeah, like what is going on with this guy? Oh, and also <laughs> a side note on Franklin, he was highly religious too. I mean, it doesn't really come into play, but he really loved his Jeebus. Um, okay. <laughs> so he made his way to Fort Enterprise at a remarkably slow pace. And again, the head of the trading company was like, oh my God, this asshole likes three meals a day. <laughs> He's walking like only... 13 miles a day and most of us can do like 23 which <laughs> we are such wimps compared to like people back in the day yeah, 23 miles a day is a lot yeah um so he eventually made it to fort enterprise um well he was going towards fort enterprise which was the last outpost um and when you hear the word fort you think it's a fort Right? Is this like Fort Amsterdam at the wall where it's just like some mounds of dirt? Yeah, it, it's not even a mound of dirt. It's like a cabin. Yep. And they decide that's a fort. So people need to re terms. Let's <laughs> change terms. If you don't have a stockade and at least one sharpened stick pointing outward, yeah. you're not a fort. You're not a fucking fort. Um, so they made it to Fort Providence. Um, and this is where he picked up some Yellowknife Indians to help as his guides. Uh, the Yellowknifes were headed by, I'm going to hella butcher this name because <laughs> I've never heard it aloud. Akacho, Akaticho, Akaticho. I'm going to say Akaticho. Akaticho? Yeah, we're going to call him Akaticho. I'm, I'm curious now. Can I see your notes? Where is it? Akaicho? Akaicho, Akaticho. I don't know. Akaicho. I feel like you also left some pronunciation marks off of it somewhere. Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Oh, really? This is how you spell in the book. Then Akaicho. Akaicho, uh, being from the area. Akaicho! <laughs> being from the area was like, so we're here at Fort Providence. I really, really don't think we should go any further. The winter's <laughs> going to kick in and it's going to suck. Can we, well, let's just, let's just stay here. And Akaicho, and then Franklin was like, you know nothing. You're a native. You don't know anything. Yeah. Never mind. We I've look never down been on you. Before. I am British. I know all. We're going on. Yep. So um, there might have been a couple of talks of mutiny while walking to Fort <laughs> Enterprise. That's bad when you're not even on a boat. And you yeah, get <laughs> because, you know, the fellow travelers that he picked up at the forts and along the way were like, um, we want more food. We need more food. Food would be good. Yeah. At this point, there were 31 travelers in the group, um, and four of them decided at the next fort they were just going to bail because they were over this shit. I I honestly don't blame them. Yeah. Hearing hearing the the setup of your 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 topic today, I do not blame them one. No. Bit. Um. And so they reached Fort Enterprise and built cabins. Um. And Octicho said, "Hey." We should not leave. It's August 1820. Let's stay here. Um, <laughs> Sir John, actually, he became a sir later, but I guess Franklin, John Franklin said, okay, I guess we can wait out the long winter. So it was a long winter because by June, that's when they were able to leave. <laughs> June 14th, 1821. You're going to be here for 10 months. Yeah. They left the fort um, and followed some river. I think it was like Copper Mine River. Um, by July 18th, Akticho was like, hey, so check the food you guys had. Not enough. So we should go back to Fort Enterprise because you don't have enough food. <laughs> Wait, why didn't they winter at a fort? They did. They wintered at Fort Enterprise and then they left the fort to go oh, explore oh, okay. the coastline okay. more. And uh, Franklin's like, nah, 
we cool <laughs> and our teacher was like you're not but okay fine i'm taking my men back because they're my men i don't want them involved in this shit and four of the voyagers as they call them who were f- fur trappers and people from canada yeah not actual navy men there were only five navy officers on this trip uh said we're out to See you later. Octicho was like, you know what? I'll do you a solid. I'll put some supplies at Fort Enterprise. I'll cash the supplies. See you later. So they leave. (laughs) (laughs) This left him with 20 men um, and two canoes. And on August 15th, uh, he decided, you know what? Octicho is right. So Octicho left them in July. By August, he was like, he was right. Let's turn around. (laughs) 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 Let's go back to Fort Enterprise. Um, They're carrying, so the Voyagers are carrying packs of 90 plus pounds on their backs. Um, So those were the 15 Voyagers. The five Royal Navy officers, Franklin, were like, girls, you don't have to do that. (laughs) We're just going to carry our own light little packs. You know what? Um, Give the Voyagers all your heavy shit. We'll get more food because we're we're officers. Officers are are more important. They're special. Um, and so the Voyagers were basically laid heavy laden loads and not given as much food. Uh, by September 4th, the food was gone. So they turned around in on August by September. The food's gone. Still not at Fort Enterprise. They're about 300 miles away from Enterprise at that point. Damn. Yeah. They, they walked a lot. (laughs) Damn. Uh, there was, it was winter was settling in. So there was nothing much to hunt. They would occasionally kill a partridge, but really nothing. Yeah. Um, by October 11th, he sent a group of five ahead to Fort Enterprise to get help. So, because, you know, he's a portly guy. He's not moving that fast. <laughs> so he sent the five healthiest forward. I love how he maintains his fat. He doesn't maintain his fat. He does get to be skin and bones. But I feel like for <laughs> for him to be skin and bones, it's like him being a normal weight. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's rocking 220. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And so then the next day, another group of seven was like, oh, we can't we can't go on. Um, can we just hang out here? And then Franklin's like, yeah, you hang out here. We'll go to Fort Enterprise and then we'll come back for you. And yeah. they're like, OK, cool. So Franklin's group made it to Fort Enterprise. It was empty. There was no cash supplies. The five <laughs> men that were sent ahead were not there. Um so uh that sucked <laughs> i mean yeah so where's all this shit i intended yeah. to be here so then they're basically stuck in fort enterprise they start burning like the floorboards for heat they start breaking <laughs> down the like buckskin curtains and eating it because they don't have any food oh. they're boiling moss on rocks the whole way to like get sustenance yeah they are turning to skin and bones and then, miraculously, on the 18th day, they hear footsteps. Jeebus? Nope. It was, you know those seven that stayed behind because they couldn't make it anymore? Yeah. Two of them showed up. Two of them? Yeah. <laughs> you know why only two of them showed up? They ate the other five? Uh, One guy did. And then oh. the... <laughs> <laughs> I threw that out as half joke. All right. <laughs> so... The way the two guys tell it is they're like, one guy died and we're like, okay, let's move forward and make a camp. We'll leave his body there and bury him. And then this other guy who was like native Indian 
kind of, sort of, like, you know, like a mix. He was right? a, a, what, what is it? Mestizo. Yeah. Uh, he is like, I'm going to go hunting, BRB. Comes back with some unidentified meat. Eat the meat, everybody. He he ate that dude. Yeah. 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 And they all ate the dude because they were like, we had the meat. Did not taste like any meat I've ever had before. <laughs> and so eventually. Oh, I, I found this weird bird. It's called a uh, a cumin. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Eventually, <laughs> other people started dying off from the seven. Um, and then it was down to the guy who ate the people, two other guys, and then this third guy. And the two guys were like, okay, we're going to go, like, look for food. You guys chill here for a bit. And then they hear a gunshot. And then they come <laughs> back. And the guy who was the cannibal was like, he was cleaning his rifle. <laughs> Just <laughs> shot it, himself. Um, it was an accident. Let's eat. And then they're like, okay, we'll bury him over there. We don't have energy. We'll leave him in the snow. And then a couple hours later... I found some meat. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and finally they decided we're gonna have to kill him because he he's gonna keeps, eat everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so that happened. Um. So then finally, so this was still in the month of October. I feel like. So on November 7th, the Yellowknife Indians showed up again with food and nursed everyone in the cabin back to health. Um, what that's, happened? That's awful sweet of them. Yeah. Well, what happened is Achico, uh, Acheco, whatever his Achicho. name. Achicho. Achicho. There we go. Um, was, had all, he was going to cache food for them. But unfortunately, there were some incidences in his hunting cabin and hunting camp that made food hard to get even for his own people oh okay. so he focused on his people first and then he eventually was able to give the other ones their stuff okay well i mean that's understandable and so that's basically his first expedition to the arctic um 20 Wait, that's his first they let him try again oh yeah we'll continue so <laughs> out of the 20 that made that left for enterprise with him only nine made it out alive um yeah that's the yeah you didn't fight anybody and you had a 55 percent yeah. casualty rate yeah. um <laughs> all but one of the five navy officers survived though um so that means <laughs> that there were 15 voyagers on the trip that means four made it back alive you, you got well a, no that means 11 made it back alive no not 11 the officers yeah five five yeah, yeah so five four, four, four made it back yeah you got a b minus <laughs> yeah so um <laughs> That's cool. Um, on February 16th, 1825, he leaves London again for a second mission. <laughs> <laughs> this did, one, did this he, one wasn't as bad, though. Did he lie about how no, well it went? No, they people in London thought he was a hero. They called him eat your own shoes like Franklin because he had to eat his shoes in order to survive and get sustenance. But they still thought he was like they lauded him. They he 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 battled the arctic coasts and he mapped it out i'm surprised no one out there heard the sound of my eyes rolling yeah like come on dude killed all all, all, all of his men died okay so <laughs> he returns um and on july 7th a whole group of about 50 people um were almost killed and ambushed while they were floating up the river in canada <laughs> um thankfully though he had an inuit translator named 
taught uh, <laughs> I, my chicken scratch is really bad here. Tata Snakuk. I'm sorry, Inuit people. Let's, let's see it. <laughs> Where is it? Holy fuck. Uh, yeah. Tatanusk. Tatanusk. Um, he was able. That's the best I can do. He was able to convince the Inuit tribe that, like, basically surrounded Franklin's men to put down their weapons and be chill about it. Okay. Um, okay. So he basically saved this Inuit person, saved Franklin's, like, ass. Yeah. Um, but he was never given like credit for that or anything, and like Man, you know, what is, what is it with white people? Yeah, we're the worst. Um, so. In 1827, he did return home um, on the start of his, on the first mission. So in 1825, his first wife died. Um, so he returned home and was about to be knighted and was able to seduce, I guess, or court another woman. And he <laughs> married her. <laughs> like seduce and court was the diff were different things yeah. at the time. So um, in September 1827, yeah, he returned home, got knighted and got remarried. Um, and so he's an older guy now. You think this would be the end for him, but no more failures ahead for Sir John Franklin. Oh yeah. Um, so his wife, uh, was a go-getter. She liked going to get things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she wanted him to have power. I mean, in that sense, I am too, because I need to go get groceries. Yeah. He, she wanted him to have more power, more prestige, so she eventually was able to get him the position of running a colony in Australia as a governor. However. Wow. However. That's something to be like, hey, I can get this for you if you want. You can like be a governor. Well, yeah. And he was still a naval hero and he was knighted. Oh. So he's like. So it wasn't hard then. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't too hard. Like she did have to write a bunch of letters because like sure. he got overlooked for a position. And then she was like. How dare you offer him this position in Antigua when he should be like a badass motherfucker somebody somewhere else? So he fails at this position in Australia. <laughs> okay. Um he returns to England in disgrace. Wow. Um Yeah. How do you like that, Arctic boy? The down under, a little too far down under for you. Uh but you know what? His wife, Lady Jane, Sir Lady Jane, Sir Jane Lady Franklin. Whatever you want to call her. Lady Sir John? Jane. No, her no, no. name is Jane. Mrs. It's like Mrs. John yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. Like so, that. Uh, yeah. So his second wife is like, you know what? You're not down. You're not out. I'm going to find you another job. So she's able to get him on another Arctic mission. Um, <laughs> at this point, he is 59 years old. Which is, that's ancient for this time. Still portly as ever. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the taste of shoes. Uh, <laughs> and so there were other people that they were going to put in command of this ship. But Lady Franklin was able to turn so many people's ears towards her cause. She even got like the king to hear about it. And the king at the time was a wow. big Navy king. And so he was like, yeah, I remember Sir Franklin. Let's do this. All right. What? Okay. So, yeah, she was able to sway opinion. Yes, she was able to sway opinion. And he was given command of two ships, the Eberus and the Terror. So, um, real quick side note, Eberus is the place, I think, between heaven and hell. 
kind of like purgatory it's mm. supposed to be horrible and the other name of the ship is the fucking terror so yeah i mean that's a good name for a warship uh-huh not so much for an exploration they ship. were retired warships though oh so okay. they were well. retired warships that were um what is that like reinforced for arctic travel so they had okay. like steel hulls and not steel hulls but they had like reinforced hulls and they had engines not just um not just, sales okay all right um so actually, they, they actually tried to get their shit together <laughs> yeah and they had like innovative heating systems as well but they still also needed a lot of coal um so may 19th 1845 the ships leave london with 129 men aboard actually they're a little bit more at their first stop they sent like five guys home but we're going to keep 129 because i don't want to throw out too many numbers <laughs> uh they had enough supplies and provisions to last three years and everybody thought wow. that would be enough to get them through the northwest pass get them through to the northwest passage that's what we call foreshadowing um everything was cool until they got stuck in the ice in the winter of 45 46 because you know how winters are like yeah okay yeah uh <laughs> they they wintered off of beachy island <laughs> uh three men died here of like various diseases uh just you know well i mean yeah. were they they were probably confined to the ship yeah they were confined to the ship N- naval like quarters for people that weren't officers Sucked were balls. hardly yeah. like yeah. yeah it's a frankly it's a miracle more people didn't die yeah of a disease hearing that so number. that was just the first winter so the summer of 46 they are freed so despite they're freed quote unquote but there's still like massive amounts of ice everywhere this was yeah. one of the worst winters on record like these years were not good um I'd say you could Google it right now and see how horrible the ice is. However, thanks, global warming. The, all of this is now clear. Yeah. Like, there are pictures of it, and it's fine. But when they were doing it, just can you imagine the ocean being frozen? So, wait a minute. <laughs> are you now telling me that there is a Northwest Passage? <laughs> <laughs> there is now i mean a viable more viable one i think they did we a, just melted one they just i think they did the first like cruise through the northwest passage last year huh. um side note uh so by september uh so they got freed in like june we'll say uh by september of 46 they get stuck again because <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna make progress on this um, journey yeah and this is all Franklin's doing because, like, unlike most people uh, who got stuck for a, almost a year in the ice when they got freed, he did not want to turn around. He instead <laughs> wanted to push forward. And so they got stuck shortly after they got freed. Of course. Um, and of course. Franklin ended up dying in 47. Both wow. ships were still stuck in the ice at that point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was 61. So on April 22nd, <laughs> that must have been just the most bitter funeral. Oh, you fuckers. They yeah, just you stare at his body. Oh, I, w- I mean, frankly, I'd have been mad. Yeah. Uh, on April 22nd, 1848, the men finally are like, F this noise. Let's abandon ship. We're stuck in this ice. There's no way of going out. Yeah. And the thing with the ice, um, I'm assuming, because some of this I got from a book of fiction I read, but it was historical fiction. <laughs> so, But the thing with the ice is what if you're stuck in the ice, ice isn't just fixed. 
like it moves and shifts and yeah. grinds against itself. Yeah. So the ships were all being slowly crushed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've read. I haven't read a whole lot about like, you know, exploration mm-hmm. in the north, but I have heard that about ice. It's you know, when you're stuck, it's not just oh we're stranded. Yeah. It's you have to be careful that big chunks of ice don't rip a hole in your ship or because just pop moving. out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's bad yeah it's really bad and on top of that uh for those of you in chicago uh, you're experiencing that polar vortex where it's like negative 40 that's what they were living through this whole time they were like just freezing their balls off and they had primitive means of heating and i (laughs) in my mind there's just a bunch of inuit people like on a hillside just like staring and laughing at them (laughs) because they don't know what the fuck they're doing what's going (laughs) <laughs> they don't know how to get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. Uh-huh. Um, There's a reason we don't have boats, dumbasses. So at this point in 1848, in April, um, nine officers and 15 sailors have died on the boat, which is pretty good, actually. That's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were 105 sa- survivors who made it to King William Island. Um, no one from this group was ever seen again by a Westerner. Wow. They all died there. Every last one of them. Wow. Um, those explorers, so nobody knows what happens, uh, what happened to them. What there was, however, John Ray, who was another Arctic explorer, he was, I think he was the one that officially found the Northwest Passage. Um, he talked to some Inuits in the area and he's like, Hey, did you see any white dudes like this group? And they're, they were like, yeah, we ran into about 50 crazy ass white guys, (laughs) Who were like dead, half dead walking corpses who were like starving, who said they ate other people who turned to cannibalism. We saw these empty camps of all these dead people. We saw like bones and like heads in a pot. Like we saw all of this. And John Ray is like, well, shit, (laughs) I will return to London and tell these people. So John Ray returns to London and says, hey. You know, the Franklin expedition that we've been searching for for like five years at this point. Yeah. The Inuit people said that this is what they saw. And Lady Franklin refused to believe that, refused that her husband would resort to something like that, refused to believe that (laughs) British (laughs) people would, and got her good buddy, Charles Dickens, to write basically a slander campaign against John Ray, calling him a liar, and saying some real racist shit about the Inuits. Along with that. Does not surprise me to hear that Dickens yeah. said racist shit. Um, so, but the... Side note, I hate Charles Dickens. I mean, anybody uh, said read Charles Dickens, you'd probably uh, agree. I hate Dickens. Ray even had artifacts that he purchased off the Inuits, like a piece of china that had John Franklin's name and crest on it, and said, this, look, I have this. Nobody believed him. Wow. Yeah. That's... That is... All because Lady Franklin was a bitch. That is a (laughs) shocking and simultaneously not shocking amount of willful ignorance. Yeah. And so um, in the 1980s, uh, I forget the guy's name. I wish I wrote it down. Uh, He, they went to the first island that the expedition wintered on, uh, Beachy Island, and they uh, dug up the graves of the three that died there. Yeah. Perfectly frozen corpses, like perfectly preserved. That's, that's you, creepy. You got to see them pictures. They are like crazy. Look it up. 
they're just like perfectly preserved and so they did some tests on the guys and then they did tests on bones found at king william's island and they found a lot too much lead in them they found a lot of lead so Hmm. for a long time the theory was that a lot of the provisions and canned food that they brought on their trip with them had the solder was lead and Mm -hmm. they got lead poisoning and that actually helped their starvation and death rate um but that has been generally misproven the other thing is that Goldner was the food company that provided the provisions for the boat. They did suffer a scandal over bad food in 1853. Ooh. So that could have also factored Ooh. a little bit because a lot of people were like, they had provisions for three years. How did they die? They shouldn't have died. They if, shouldn't have died. Yeah, on paper. Yeah. On paper. But uh, it was just scurvy got to them because scurvy was still something they didn't really yeah. quite know how to like protect or from or anything like that eat your lemons people yeah so that's basically the horrible navy career of john franklin and i got this information from dead reckoning by an author he wrote a book really yeah you don't say yeah and i'm actually have his other book lady franklin's revenge on the way too. do uh do all authors write books yeah i'll look up his name really quick and the reason i wanted to do this is because i read the book the terror by dan simmons which is a historical fiction account of what happened on the terror yeah um except it adds like an abominable snowman (laughs) okay because you know you're dying of scurvy and you're being chased by an abominable snowman. Yeah, it may as well have some you know, sort of a mythical beast. <laughs> and it is also a show on AMC, which I really kind of want to see. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. No. Why? It's just them like starving and dying and stuff. That's why. Yeah. What, what, well, how, I mean. Sasha, how do you think the show ends? <laughs> I mean, they're all going to die, <laughs> except not in the book, The Terror. Spoiler. Um, but <laughs> so I just want to give a quick um reason why i hate the northwest passage really really quick yeah really quick really quick you are absolutely dominating this episode so i know i'm sorry so <laughs> this is why i hate the doesn't, north doesn't hesitate this is why at all. i hate the northwest passage though it's because it's not it's not a viable trade route it had never been a viable trade route why do you keep on looking for it if all these people keep on dying it's That's, not a viable trade route i i mean i am with you 100 percent but they didn't know that. But they should have known it after, <laughs> like the after Henry Hudson died. They should have been like, you know, I think I'm gonna pass on this. Okay, so I like this author's name. Okay, so sorry, I got all my information from Dead Reckoning: The Untold Story of the Northwest Passage by Ken McGugan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Ken McGugan. His name is McGugan. That is a glorious name. Uh-huh. Ken McGugan. Uh-huh. So um, it's a really good read, too, by the way. Um, he references himself a lot, which is a bit weird. But I've never um, liked it when, when like academics do that. That's that's the academic equivalent of because I said so. Yeah, but also it was one of those things where like he wrote a whole book about Lady Franklin. So he's like, you know, in my book about Ra- Lady Franklin, I talked all about this, but I'll just give you a quick summation right now. So that's that's kind of how he talked about himself. Anyway, okay, I'm gonna shut up about the Northwest Passage, which is a fucking horrible idea. You go on to yours. I'm gonna drink this rum. Are you sure? Go sit on back here. Are you finally ready? One more time. Northwest Passage fucking sucks. 
I'm honest. I like. I don't all, have that exploration. I guess that's what's missing in society today. Like that need to explore and discover the unknown. We're already like 40 minutes in and it's been like 99% you. I'm so sorry. And it's going to be down to 95% when I'm done. <laughs> I just, it's an but, interesting story. But I knew it was coming. I uh, <laughs> just, just thinking about it, I'm already laughing because this is uh, a topic that I, I first um, kind of came across several years ago and it kind of baffled me that it was real even like I thought it was bad historical comedy writing. Yeah. And then like I, I looked more into it and it's a real thing was a real thing. It's not real anymore. Thank God. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out why. Uh, and it's a very different naval whoopsie. Yours is. Dumbasses can't take a hint about exploration. Yeah, like, no, you're going to die. My, mine is <laughs> catastrophically bad naval warship. Okay. Uh, this is the story of the USS William D. Porter. Okay, I think I know a little bit about this. The, uh, so some background information for it. The ship's namesake was obviously William D. Porter. What? I know, right? What, what, what? He was uh, a Commodore in the United States Navy. I um, wish I knew what they meant, but I really don't. Like, <laughs> uh, He served in the, the Civil War. He kicked a whole shit ton of Confederate ass up and oh, down the Mississippi River. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been, re- I did light research on the other topics for next week and his name came up. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so he, he was an ass kicking dude. Um, he was sent to uh, New York in 1864. He died of a heart attack uh, May 1st of that year. Um, but all in all, he was a good, old-fashioned Union badass. Um, one of my favorite little stories, he won a, uh, a naval uh, battle against uh, the Confederates after a boiler on his ship exploded, scalding him and temporarily blinding him. Shit. Like, like he was, he was cool. Although, like, that has... He surrounded himself with good people. Yeah. But, I mean, you still got to give orders, but yeah. you're blind, too. Yeah. So, but it, the point is, he was cool, he was exceedingly competent, and it is just a terrible, unfortunate, just besmirch of his legacy that the ship named after him could not be described in any way as exceedingly Should competent. Should this rather be called the John Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost better. The William D. Porter, uh, it was a destroyer, uh-huh. and it was uh, one of the great many ships built as part of the massive buildup of uh, U.S. arms in World War II. Hey, they can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> they were building a lot of ships. Yeah. There's got to be some that so, fall through the cracks. So the, uh, the ship was, uh, I learned some naval terms here. The ship was laid down, which is uh, construction oh, officially yeah. starting. It was laid down on May 7th, 1942. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had its ceremonial first launch on September 27th of 1942. That seems quick. They threw a destroyer together in five months. Like it's I mean, go women <laughs> building the destroyers and yeah. minorities. Um, it, so it was commissioned, which means it was placed into active service on July 6th, ni- 1943. So they what, built what? it. They built it and they were like, just hang out. Well, they had a ceremonial <laughs> first launch, but then they got to like recruit people to get a crew uh, on okay. it. They got to get all the guns and everything. Uh, it was placed under the command of um, Lieutenant Commander Wilfred A. Walter. Um, so, Willie Walt. Willie Walt. There's, there's uh, 
there's the the ship's you know ceremonial stuff. Mm-hmm. This ship, in and of itself, was ju- n- just a naval whoopsie <laughs> waiting to happen. Um, I have broken this story down into four incidents and a postscript. Hooray! Incident number one, November twelfth, nineteen forty-three. Okay. <sighs> I. Uh, so there was a ship, uh, the USS Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was carrying, we'll, we'll go ahead and say it was important cargo to North Africa. Was it just like booze? It was not booze. Uh, it was important because that cargo was United States President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Oh, <laughs> shit. That is some important cargo. Oh, I think I know this now. Um, um, but I feel like all good battleships are named after states. So I feel like they should have like already been like, oh, shit. The destroyer is not a battleship. Oh. They are different classes. Destroyers are meant as escort vessels. But what are they named after? Sexy ladies. This one was named after a badass and totally did not live up to the billing. <laughs> so FDR uh, was on his way to attend the uh, the Tehran conferences. Yes. With uh, Stalin and Churchill. They Those conferences held major conversations where they discussed opening a second front. How uh, drunk do you think they were for most of those? Oh, God. <laughs> Churchill probably Churchill's never sober. Dude. Oh. I just imagine Churchill and like... You think we drink a lot? Stalin playing the game with each other. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, so anyway, so so I mean, this was a major thing. The Iowa was carrying him. Uh, the William D. Porter uh, was one of like four ships uh, assigned to escort the Iowa. Uh-huh. Thus, the president. But before they ever got there, <laughs> they left port November twelfth, nineteen forty-three. What is? We're gonna we're gonna play a little game here. Okay. What is the first thing you're gonna do if you're a ship and you're about to set sail? Um. Tie off? Like I don't know. You are supposed to raise your anchor. Well, yeah, yeah. They didn't do that. <laughs> they were just dragging the anchor. Were they like, oh, is it like when you have your parking brake on by accident in the car and you're like, why am I going so slow? Initially, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Willie well, Walt should have fired somebody. Are flogging still a thing? <laughs> the chain just sort of dragged through another destroyer. Oh my God. Did... <laughs> it, like, it was just chilling at the dock and it just like. I right, kind of right just imagine it. the people on the other destroyer be like, they know it's not up. They know <laughs> right, it's down still, right? right? So the anchor, uh, it damaged uh, a dock destroyer. Um, it also destroyed the William D. Porters. They destroyed their own railings, lifeboat mounts, and the captain's like special escape boat. They destroyed all that shit. Good. He doesn't so, deserve a special escape boat right, if his little right. underling can't get that shit right. So I want to take keep a running tally for me. Pulling out of the harbor for its first official duty, mm-hmm. they had already committed friendly fire, damaging both itself and another U.S. ship. Well, that's not really fire. <laughs> but but th- I mean, they did damage it, their own anchor. It's friendly whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was incident one on November twelfth, nineteen forty-three. Incident two, November thirteenth, nineteen forty-three. <laughs> they uh, the William D. Porter joins up with this this convoy escorting the Iowa, mm-hmm. protecting FDR. Now remember, 
They here here are we. We're the William D. Porter yeah. right over there. Yeah. The fucking president. I feel like the head of this convoy should have been like, "You're drunk. Go home." <laughs> like after my, the my first incident. Part, one of the sources I read for this was basically like, so as they were leaving the port, the the commander of the porter was like, "Y'all got this. We're good," and just left. <laughs> like, he, he didn't get a chance. <laughs> like like the admiral didn't know about that shit. You know when you go to a party already fucked up, cause all the damage, and then you're like. I gotta go home. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> they 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 meet up with the rest of the convoy. They're protecting FDR. They are going through the Atlantic, which, as you know, is kind of contested waters. Yes. Um. So, convoy has absolute orders. You will maintain radio silence. We do not want to accidentally r- reveal the fucking president's location mm-hmm. to any German, possibly even Japanese U-boats in the area. Radio silence. <laughs> and then the woolen porter's like, hey, bitches, what's up? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Everyone is surprised when all of a sudden a great big explosion goes off under the water. Uh-huh. Like, holy fuck, we're under attack. They know where the president is. We're fucking dead. What's about to happen? Sasha, who was it, the Germans or the Japanese? Um, I'm thinking, and this is my thing. Um, it was probably the dipshits on the porter. It was the William D. Porter. Yeah. You want to know what happened? I, I vaguely know what happened, but yes, go ahead. They just sort of dropped a depth charge. It for, literally, for funsies? No, no. It, there was one unsecured on the deck of the ship, and it just fell off. <laughs> I mean, in their defense, they did just take on a lot of damage while leaving port. So, it, no, no. Oh, it was not only was it not secured; it was just rolling around up there. They hadn't activated its safety mechanism, so it dropped in the water. Depth charges explode when they get deep enough. All of a sudden, were all of the recruits from the porter from Florida, or like <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so so this happened, um, <laughs> but the explosion caused a massive wave. Um, it wa- so everything else that was just chilling on the deck that wasn't washed uh. down, thankfully there weren't other depth charges up there. I don't know if they just like forgot one, but everything else that was up there just got washed off. Like if you had any supplies unsecured on the you deck, know what it was gone. Kind of makes this worse. FDR was head of the Navy. For a very if, long time back in the day. If there is one person but, yeah. you should look competent in front of, it is that guy. Because he used to run the Navy, although he did his own fucking shit in the day. Right. Uh, so everything washed off the deck, including one person. Um, that sucks. It's, yeah. But but think about it. They're now basically at three I mean, friendly fire casualties with one death. He was uh, probably not the brightest bulb <laughs> because he was on the porter. So the engine room flooded. The ship was kind of like behind the convoy and stranded. And standard procedure, they had to make hourly repair notices by radio. <laughs> so they were just like, okay, awesome. Radio silence. We're now getting hourly reports. Uh, <laughs> Why wasn't the person on the aisle was like, um, we hear your reports, but shut the fuck up. He basically was. But thankfully, there weren't any real enemies, so it all got fine. So, yeah, so November 12th, November 13th. Incident 3, November 14th, 1943. 
Okay, so were they just all drunk? Are they all from Florida? Was there a lot of meth? I don't know what's going on here. Believe it or not, they were not drunk yet. Oh, they should be. Uh, November 14th, 1943. Above all things, as you you mentioned, Mm -hmm. FDR ran the Navy for a while, but he was only a man, and he had only man's weaknesses. He wanted to see some fucking explosions. Hell yeah. He wanted to see some goddamn guns going off. I mean, yeah, I would feel the same way. Right? I mean, I'm the fucking president. Right? We're on this awesome ship with all these guns. Can I fire one? Right? <laughs> so he's on a naval warship. Yeah. And he says, you know what? I want to see this thing's firepower. I want to see mm-hmm. what it can do. So they're like, what's some stuff we can do that won't like alert anybody to our presence, yeah. right? So they release some balloons in the air. They do target practice That's with some fun. of the smaller guns, right? And then he decides, I haven't seen these newfangled torpedoes y'all got. But can we can we do some tests? And they were like, well, yeah, they're torpedoes. If you take the primer out of a torpedo, it's just a metal tube going through the water. Yeah. It'll hit our boats and bounce off. It's not a big deal. So they're like, <laughs> okay, yo, you see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing too fancy, you know. So the ship's in the convoy. They... Uh, they remove the primers from their torpedoes, and they're shooting them at each other because, like I said, bounce off the hull, but you don't want to just, like, shoot something through the water that the enemy will detect. Yeah, so they're just, yeah. yeah. So they're kind of shooting at each other, close range, no risk of damage, no risk of, you know, alerting anybody. They, they won't detonate. Not a big deal. Although, I mean, like, I guess you can kind of see them, right, in the water. Is that? Well, U-boats can't. Well, no, what I'm saying is, like, you can see, like, what oh, yeah, fun no, no. does FDR get from, the, like... Yeah, no, no, you can see a torpedo if you're on the deck of a ship. Oh, okay. Like, you can see yeah. it. Yeah. But, like, there's no window in a U-boat. Yeah. They can't look out and see it. Um, so, the William D. Porter, <laughs> uh, they forget to remove the primer from one of their torpedoes. <laughs> of course they did. And you know the ship they were targeting uh, while they were doing this exercise? Let me guess, the one with the president on it? The Iowa. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Commander Walter was already kind of pissing people off. He was already looking pretty foolish. Well, yeah, Willie Walt was <laughs> right. failing there. He didn't want to break radio silence again, <laughs> um, especially to say, hey, we kind of <laughs> fucked up again. Oh, God. So instead, he tried to have his men do signal lamps while this torpedo <laughs> is shooting at the fucking president. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> at one point the Secret Service pulled out their pistols and started shooting at it because <laughs> they were like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then FDR should have been like, "I'm firing everybody on the Secret Service <laughs> detail because there's no way this would have like helped." And you're clearly stupid. <laughs> so the signal man, huh. in true form, <laughs> sent the wrong signal. <laughs> He's like, how are you today? <laughs> he sent the signal that said the William D. Porter is backing up. <laughs> <laughs> and so the signal guy in the Iowa went, what? <laughs> like he was like, what, what, are you, what are you saying? So he then feverishly sent another signal, got it right, except the guy still couldn't comprehend the level of stupidity that it's was like, occurring. like, no, we said take the primers out. So Walter... <laughs> broke radio silence and said, hey, there's a fucking live torpedo coming at the president. The Walter uh, or the Iowa barely got out of the way, barely missed the explosion. Um, so at this point, 
the the commander of the convoy had had enough. Yeah. And everybody was jumping to conclusions. The conclusion at the top of everybody's mind, the William D. Porter was carrying either a German or Japanese agent. They yes. thought there was a traitor on board. Or everybody from the state of Florida. Or everybody from Florida, yeah. So the Porter was ordered to a naval base in Bermuda, not for a vacation, the entire crew was arrested and interrogated. Good! Which is, They're dumbasses! <laughs> which is a first in United States history. Um, there was a pretty extensive. However, they determined the whole thing was an embarrassing accident. The people were uh, responsible, were sentenced to hard labor, uh, hard labor. Roosevelt himself had a heart, intervened, pardoned them, although you fucking know he did it through gritted teeth. I have to I say, mean, though, like, in their defense... People were being rushed to the front lines and rushed to their positions without the proper training. Yeah. And so, of course, some are going to slip through. Did the Navy expect a whole fucking boat of those people (laughs) to be on the same boat somehow? Do you want like two or three incompetent dumbasses on every ship? That's what you want. Or do you want one (laughs) ship with all of them? That's what they got. (laughs) You want them spread out so the smart people can take. But no, that's not what they got. Now, so that was incident three, which was November 14th, 1943. Okay. Believe it or not, they got about a six-week break. (laughs) After they were interrogated, (laughs) they should have been all, like, dispersed. (laughs) Like, this crew is not kosher. Well, the crew wasn't dispersed among the rest. Instead, they tried, you you know, in, like, movies and TV shows... When there's a disgraced captain. Oh, were they trying a training montage? Is that no, what no, was no. happening? And and they they're, they're disgraced, so they assign them to like one of three people manning a station that's like a stool. Yeah. A hundred miles from civilization. Uh-huh. That's basically what they did. So with the porter. is this a Kelsey Grammer remake down Periscope? Is that <laughs> what this is? Because it no. feels like it. So uh, uh, everyone was sick of this ship. Threatening the president's life twice in in two days. Mm. Um, The William D. Porter was reassigned to the Aleutian Islands, which is up near Alaska. Cold. Pretty much as far away from fighting in World War II as you can get, right? But near Russia. Allies. Yeah. So they they just kind of, what they literally spent a month doing was just going back and forth in the bay. Good. <laughs> like that was it. They're dumbasses. Um, th- officially, they were on like mine patrol, but you're it's your fucking ally. There's no mines. I mean, um, Japanese <clears throat> could invade through Alaska. You'd never see it coming. So they got um they got they they officially got up there. I think it was December twenty first. I think it was. Ooh, that's a rough time to be up in Alaska. Right. Everything was okay for the first few days. On December thirty first, New Year's Eve. I mean, they got to celebrate. Everybody's going to party. With some dumb shit stuff. The base commander threw a whole party, right? He was like, we're going to have this uproarious thing. Needless to say. They're in Alaska. Nobody's invading. Right. You don't invite everybody to your parties. If you're an officer, You got to be exclusive. So this was when the William D. Porter, their crew got drunk. And they were hanging (laughs) out on the boat. They were like, we're going to drink. We're going to get fucked up. We're going to have ourselves a good fucking time. I can't fault them for that. One (laughs) of them decided, dude. You know what would be super fucking fun? Shooting shit. Firing our guns. Hell yeah. Let's go up to one of them there icebergs and just let it go. So the drunk ass motherfucker just fired one of the guns. Right at the commander's house. 
<laughs> there's so many inanimate <laughs> objects and if you really wanted to kill something there's like bears and shit you probably could have found yeah like i mean you'll probably kill a whale or something come on yeah yeah shoot at the water you'll hit a fish like, yeah so they shoot at the commander's house fucking miraculously it destroyed the front yard <laughs> but it didn't like no one got hurt his wife was pissed that landscaper took forever to get that in <laughs> people people were certainly alarmed what's that massive explosion at the front door um but everything was fine everyone was fine they got reprimanded uh there weren't shockingly there were not any more incidents in alaska um, in alaska on may 30th 1944 I don't know if it just took a while for them to bother to get shit through to mm-hmm. Alaska, but the porter got a new commanding officer named Charles Keeves. I can't believe old Walt Willie was still commanding officer. Right. They should have given him a desk job. In most like police departments, they would have given him a desk job. Yeah. And that's the police. They don't have like. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the line. Okay. Sadly. I'm so sad about this. All good things must come to an end, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the William D. Porter, after getting its new officer, new commanding officer, was reassigned to the Pacific Theater of World War II. Active duty now. This ship... That was a mistake. This ship is going to war. Um, They ultimately, like, they actually did well. They were extremely competent. They got up to the Battle of Okinawa. Mm-hmm. In what made a June of forty uh, five, and then they fired on U.S. ships. <laughs> they fought well at the Battle of Okinawa, shot down five Japanese planes. Oh, but they had a reputation to uphold. God damn it! <laughs> damn straight. They accidentally shot one of their own ships. Ha! <laughs> Good job. And they shot down three American planes. <laughs> like it doesn't count. If you shoot down, oh my god! <laughs> right, you're not you're not like a, an ace. If you yeah, shoot down your yeah, own ships, right? You can't count that in a win. So during during the battle on June tenth, nineteen forty five, I mean, can you say they were lucky at this point? No. Like, if well, no luck doesn't pay. They're just dumb. Yeah, what little luck they did have doesn't matter. How much of it was? What if they had any left? It was all gone. Um, because slapstick comedy and physics teamed up to give the William D. Porter the only appropriate send-off they could ever get. They slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> a Japanese kamikaze plane. Uh-huh. Which, you've read history, you know. Those things yes. were like balsa wood and canvas. Yeah, because they, they were meant to explode. Yeah, crash. Yeah. Crash cla- into that. Crash and explode. It was going right at the William D. Porter. Uh-huh. The Porter shot. The Porter fired. Japanese plane fell into the water in front of the boat. Cool. Narrowly avoided it, right? The ship was here. The plane just kept going until it was right under the William D. Porter. Oh. And then it exploded. (laughs) So, yeah. The ship kind of lurched into the air. It had a great big ass hole in the bottom of it. Yeah. Took a couple of hours, but the ship eventually sank. Shockingly, the entire crew made it out of that alive. They they was w- it still the same crew from the whole FDR shit? Yeah. Oh man. But with the exception of the removal of like what the, the dumbass that dropped a depth charge and the dumbass that almost torpedoed FDR. You can't you you know like the rest of the crew that wasn't those dumbasses were like finally they got rid of these motherfuckers and right? we're gonna like and that's when they're gonna got do it. 
So after it well, sank, well, uh, confidence a bit of a strong <laughs> word there. The so the ship was officially struck, which means uh, no longer in active service. Yeah. On July 11th, 1945, getting giving it a whopping uh, life span of math, <laughs> just over three years, th- barely three years. I mean, it was World War Two. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, because it was so competent in between these incidents. You know, the shelling the commander's house and then accidentally shooting your own ships at the Battle of Okinawa. Uh-huh. They got four battle stars, huh. which uh, for people that don't know what that means, you get a battle star basically for being really good in combat. Um, you know, they should have started with like negative 20, though. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't understand <laughs> how they earned any. You can't have battle star debt. Yeah, um, I think you should but, in this case. But uh, for reference, they had four. The most decorated U.S. ship in history had 20. Okay, so they weren't great. They weren't great, but like. It's like what you give the special kid in class to make him feel good about it, himself. It was like the participation trophy yeah, of battle was. stars in World War Two. But the, if they effectively got that in like a year. I'm okay with this because porter is the worst type of beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so that's the story of the William D. Porter, the worst ship in U.S. naval history. Yeah. I've yeah, now talked is. about uh, John Paul Jones, the greatest in, in U.S. naval history, and the William D. Porter. Uh, what next? Um, what am I gonna do, Audie Murphy? And I almost ooh, I almost who's made. Audie Murphy? Okay, I'm gonna talk about Audie Murphy. Who's Audie Murphy? Am um, I Audie Murphy? You know, you know the stereotype action hero, like the one guy that kills like a hundred people. Yes, he's the Army Ranger in World War II that did uh, that for real. See, I never like. I mean, I I know about World War II, but I never like. Yeah. I don't like know about World. Yeah, he's the, they like he after um after World War Two ended, he became like a movie star. He made those kinds of movies, and they had to actually tone the action in his movies down. So he was hot. I don't know. He uh, was a you movie need star. to look a picture of him. I will. But uh, yeah, they had to actually like tone his action down because they were like, "This is way too unbelievable." And he was like, "Read the reports, dude. I did it." Yeah, I'm a motherfucking badass. Uh, but that so that that is our our naval whoopsies. Yes. Um, um, Northwest Passage. I'm f- I'm feeling. Uh, I think the the porter should have gone. They should have just assigned it to look for the Northwest. Yeah, Passage. like they're like just go look for the Northwest Passage. I swear it's there. They would have found a way to somehow blow the ice up. Um, <laughs> something I totally forgot because I've drank in too much rum. They actually found the Ebris and Terror. Oh, did they? Yeah, in 2014. Cool. They found the Eberus first, and then two years to the day that they found the Eberus, they found the Terror. Nice. Yeah. Well, nice in a sense that a lot of people died for okay. a stupid shipping passageway that it was pointless. Okay. So I think I think I'm next good. next time, what have we decided we're doing? Unsung Civil War heroes. Yeah. And what was the other one we were talking about? Well, we were we were discussing another one. Um, uh, because there's there's a topic I want to do. Uh-huh. Um, we could do corporate assholes or labor disputes. You can do it like that. Um, okay. We haven't finalized that one. Next time will be unsung Civil War heroes. So this is going to be a weird question. 
And I hope it doesn't come off as racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> either side. I mean, sure, sure. But like, I know it's bad to consider somebody on the Confederacy a Civil War hero, but you can also appreciate what they did. Or is that racist? Is that racist? Am no, I no, racist? No, no, no. What's there's, going on? There's a difference between respecting the effort and disagreeing with what the effort was for. Okay. You okay, know, good. Like, because there's a lot of like thing. There's a couple of I, I'm looking at ladies. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> there's a couple of ladies that did some shit in the Civil War that was very admirable for being a lady of the time. Okay. Okay. However, not admirable because they were doing it for the wrong fucking side. So okay. So there's our rules uh, for unsung Civil War heroes. You can do anybody. Okay. As long as what they did was during and the this, Civil War. And that's the episode I come off as looking racist because I do a Confederate. So, fuck you. <laughs> Listen next time. In the meantime, though, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, listen to us everywhere you would normally listen to us. Uh-huh. Um, and when you tell your friends about Lack's historical context. Tell them we said something interesting. <laughs> <laughs>